Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Who is the guy on the other side, on the other side of the glory hole? Who's the guy on the other side, on the other side of the glory hole? Gentlemen, hello. This is Dan from Pittsburgh. And first off, a warm and pleasant glory hole to you and yours. Uh, You know, I was just listening to episode 139, the wonderfully titled Bucket of... And uh, two two things occurred to me. Uh, First, I think that Jewish heart surgery is now my favorite phrase. I don't know how I'm going to uh, work it into polite conversation without an awful lot of explanation. Uh, And two... Uh, there was another story you guys were talking about, uh, you know, this never-ending line of stories about backwards, godforsaken hellhole countries that still use Sharia law as a method of their justice system, you know. And uh, I got a little song stuck in my head. And in the long, grand tradition of cognitive dissonance, listeners singing very poorly uh, after this. Sharia law don't like it. Chop their hands off. Chop their heads off. Sharia law don't like it. Chop their hands off. Chop their heads off. Okay, thanks, Mike. Hey, this is Desert Day down in San Antonio. Um, I just was uh, driving to work, and uh, when your one segment came on, I was able to lip sync the. Uh, speaking in tongues and I knew how many Uga Chucka Uga Chuckas there were and I said, you know, I've been listening to this way too long, so fuck you guys. You're driving me crazy. Uh oh and glory hole. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at. This is episode 156, as evidenced by the handy-dandy RSS plus one counter given to us. I'm sad that I can't purposefully forget the show number. No one else now, is, Cecil. so I don't think I know. anybody else is. So. <laughs> I think everybody else has gotten over it real fucking quick. I, I think so, too. But, I, you know, I don't want to have to come up with something, you know, even remotely clever to have to open the show with I know. every week. I know. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's, it's a lot more, and, and I, I think you can sympathize, it's just a lot more work for me. Right, right. You know, and let's, let's talk about here what's really important. Can I, can and I, that's making sure you know, there's no more work. I have that. something that we can, we can talk about for the very first before we get into the first story, because it's actually on the sidebar of the first story that's loaded up on my piece here. 
it's funny because most popular stories are pics, and essentially Rihanna flashes her boobs again. The second story, most popular, is Rihanna's see-through just <laughs> just undermines her strength as a woman. And then the third one is watch Rihanna twerk in that see-through dress. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the first one, the second one is like, hey, it undermines her strength as a woman. The third one's like, hey, you should watch her twerk, though. Yeah, I mean, right? like, like, clearly, you know, we totally think, you know, because it's HuffPo that we're at, right? So right, clearly right. we totally think that it undermines her strength as a woman. But by the way, you should see dad ass going up and down, right? It's like, it's like, I like that 66% of the time it's, let's gawk at her body. Right. And yeah. then, like, then and let's then the talk about how like, gawking at her body yeah. makes us, you know, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, thanks, HuffPo. I feel so confused. I know. I feel so confused. It just like mixed that. messages over I don't know which I should do. I don't know which one I should. Actually, I know which one I'm going to click. But <laughs> <laughs> You know what, though, man? That's fucking HuffPo in a nutshell, though. HuffPo it is really like, is. it's the fucking home for, like, mixed messages like crazy. It's like, it's like crazy, uh, like, you know, hey, the right wing nuts are doing some crazy shit. Also... Everything gives you autism, and you I should know. take a million vitamins a minute. Like, <laughs> like, like it, it, the, the right wing's going crazy. Here's our fucking new editor, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 like the worst of all possible worlds. Yeah, over at HuffPo sometimes. So that's where we'll get the story from. Uh, Texas pastor Matthew Hagee ends the global warming debate with stunning new theory. Stunning. Cecil, the only thing stunning about this theory is that somebody could actually fucking say it out loud without cracking a smile. The only way to make this more ridiculous is if he fucking squirted water out of a flower in his lapel while he was saying <laughs> I will say, when you say that, his tie is sort of a clown tie. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of got... And, and the reason why I say that is the tie would probably look fine if it were on, say, a white shirt. But blue on blue like that looks terrible. It really, it, it's really a very it's like, awkward. It's like, all it is is like, you are unimaginative with your ties. <laughs> That's all you could think. I am afraid of contrast. Right. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. In more ways than one. I can play this clip, so let me play it for you guys. Uh, this is uh, Pastor Matthew Hagee talking this about- This is the Hagee Hotline, right? Yeah, this is the Hagee yeah. Hotline. Okay. So. Hagee Hotline. The Bible asks this question, whose report do you believe? And the biblical answer is we believe the report of the Lord. As a matter of fact, in another place in Scripture, it says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Don't you remember when God had that report card and that's what you were supposed to believe? Like you got like makes, yeah. you know, meets expectations, needs improvement. Right. And at it's the bottom. all needs improvement. At the bottom, yeah. the teacher wrote, Believe God, everyone else is a liar, right? Right. Is that what it wrote? Does not play well with others. Yeah. Keeps smiting the other children. <laughs> he drowned everyone on the playground. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine God's social skills report card? Oh, like, yeah. hmm, is vengeful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he scores in the 99th percentile in wrath. <laughs> Yeah, all right, so let's listen to more of what this dipshit has to say. It's the Bible's way of saying that when men are saying things that contradict God's word, God's word is accurate and men are wrong. Isn't that like a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever? Like, <laughs> right? like, isn't it like declaring your own validity from your own book? Isn't that what that's doing? That's like, no one can is telling the truth but this book. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, the reasoning could not be any more circular. Like, Ouroboros is crying right. right now. It's that bad. <laughs> it's a crying uncle. It's like, no, no, no more. <laughs> in spite of their education, in spite of their expertise, in spite of their philosophy, whomever and whatever contradicts the word of God is not correct. The reason that I bring this up is because every day we pick up headlines that give reasons for situations in our world and many times those situations have nothing to do with the report. For example, we hear that all of the weather events that are taking place in the world today are a result of environmental impact of global warming, that emissions from factories and sorts of things are the reason why there's mudslides and the reason why there's uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and all of these various situations. That's incorrect. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. Dude. Well, there you go. This guy, it's there incorrect. Cecil, do you remember when that nobody ever said <laughs> that all of the weather events and all of the situations are due to factory emissions? All the weather Remember when events. that report from no agency right. ever? <laughs> from the no agency? Right. Yeah, pretty much nobody's ever said that. The Bible says that whenever we approach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that there would be strange weather patterns Jesus said this in Matthew, the 25th chapter. So we have a decision to make. Do we believe what an environmentalist group says and choose to live in a world where we're attempting to make everything as clean in the air as possible? Or do we believe what the Bible says, that these things were going to happen and that rather than try and clean up all of the air and solve all the problems of the world by eliminating factories, we should start to tell people about Jesus Christ who is to return. Well, fucking there you go. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? There you go. I like, know, man, I think he fucking nailed that. I can't believe the guy is arguing against clean air. Like, that's personally, like, <laughs> no, yeah, like, look, you guys and your clean fucking air. <laughs> look oh, at look you. at me. I want to breathe. Yeah, look Ugh. at you, my fucking bitch about a rainbow, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. You know who else complained about fucking breathing? All those motherfuckers that died in the flood, dead oh, now. Yeah. That's right. Should have listened to God. They needed a snorkel. That's what they needed. Fucking game, set, match, bitches. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. What a fucking ridiculous human being. This is like... How could you even come to that conclusion? I can't even add that shit together. I don't know. Because of Matthew 25. Yeah. Yeah. Because... It's Matthew, the 25th chapter. Jesus said that the Lord Jesus said that there would be strange weather patterns. So, Cecil, I happen to have queued up Matthew 25 Okay, at the moment. So this is, this is where Jesus talks about the weather. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> no, 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 wait. You know what? That, maybe I need to go a little further down because that's the parable of the ten virgins. So I don't think that. So this one is the parable of the bags of gold. Hold also, on, though. I'm kind of interested in the ten virgins. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm interested as long as when it ends, there's not ten virgins yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> ten virgins. I know that's a myth. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, so maybe it's in the maybe it's in the second parable in, maybe. in, in, in Matthew twenty five. So 
Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. No, that, I don't hear anything about the weather. So it could be in the, the sheep and the goats one. Sheep All right, and the so goats? Hang on. We're getting, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. <laughs> Of course he will. You don't want to put the sheep and the goats in the same spot. Those goats are so gauche. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Maybe it's a little further. Then he will say to those (laughs) on his left. Maybe uh, it's a little further in. You might remember where he's like. And then the Lord Jesus (laughs) spaketh unto the International uh, Climate Control (laughs) Commission. (laughs) And he said, what do you want, clean air, bitches? (laughs) (laughs) I'll just breathe a dead fig tree, motherfuckers. And he said, uh, let's see, uh, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's the closest thing to anything warm. Weather? Let me just look for weather. No, weather doesn't come up. (laughs) What is it that could come up? Like, what is the... Oh, God. Now i got to scan it just to see if there's anything in here. There's nothing. This is... Because the sheep and the goats is the one where it's like, I needed clothes and you gave me clothes and I was sick and you looked after me, blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, you... Basically, it's the one where it's like, hey, you weren't a big asshole. (laughs) And when you look back on the beach, there's only one set of footprints. Exactly. (laughs) There's only one set of footprints. Footprints, and yeah. then the footprints had a kind of a stagger mark, and then yeah. there were hands because you were gasping for breath, <laughs> and, and then you died panting like a dog on the fucking rotten beach. When I look back, Jesus, there's only one set of carbon footprints. <laughs> <laughs> they got smaller and smaller because he's trying to reduce. It's <laughs> like baby hands at the end. Every time you recycle a can, baby Jesus loses an inch off his feet. <laughs> this is the dumbest thing anybody's ever said in human history. Oh my god, it's so stupid. You know, oh my god, I love that he's just like, what do you want, babies? You want your clean air? Like, did you cry, babies? Cry for me. Oh, God, what an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe someone would say that. Oh, bro, Cecil. Oh, man, this guy's such Cecil. a dumb fuck. Holy shit, I can't. It's funny. Is he like the son of that fucking jolly dude? I think he is, yeah. Oh, God, because yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That fucking, the that is not an guy, intelligent right? line yeah. right there. No, I know. I know. It's so fucking amazing. Like, you, you look at this and it's 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 like a- anything to try to shoehorn Jesus into an, into a story. It's like, right. well, if there's global warming, people are like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's going to cause changes in the general weather patterns because, you know, the world's heating up and that causes shit to change. <sighs> well, yeah. That's not what Jesus said. Well, actually, Jesus didn't know fuck all about the weather. <laughs> you know what? Jesus didn't know fucking look at look yeah. think back to what it was like <laughs> fucking two thousand years ago. 
They had no idea if it was like right now. I can look at my phone and I can tell you if it's gonna rain Thursday. Right. right. All right. I uh, my fucking Samsung is more powerful than your Messiah. Yeah. Tom Skilling is more prophetic than Jesus. No. Can you believe what could be the world's most fearsome, destructive weapon? Obama's third term? Not really. That's what Secretary of State John Kerry is saying about global warming. It's been so hot this winter. Winter. I don't know where Kerry has been spending his time, but uh, maybe he's so wealthy they have a special house that's all uh, has tropical plants in it, so it, he feels like he's in the tropics. But the rest of us, it's been cold as the dickens. So, see, so this story comes from Time Magazine. It's related to our previous story. Um, it's, it's sorry, a Time Magazine cover did not predict a coming ice age. So there's there's this photoshopped version of a Time Magazine cover popping around, and I've actually I've actually seen this, and I've seen it cited before too. Um, it supposedly came from 1977, and on it's got a penguin sitting on a glacier, you know, fucking an ice thing that penguins are on and it says how to survive the coming ice age uh 51 things you can do to make a difference um and then next to it of course is the contrasting article which has a sad polar bear sad in the sea of, yeah he's um, like the magellan he's like the magellan polar bear he doesn't have an oar and he's sort of floating <laughs> out in the middle like, he's like fuck. in the doldrums up there so he's <laughs> He's the Shackleton of polar bears. <laughs> he's, just, he's just fucked six ways from Sunday. Um, it says, be worried, very worried, special report on global warming. Um, <clears throat> and so supposedly it's like, ah, oh, look, the fucking scientists got it wrong before. They thought it was going to be an ice age, and now it's going to be global warming. You can't trust those brain thinkers over at science. Yeah. Sciencing. With the science, so but the actual the actual Time magazine cover says it's from a year later, actually, than the second right, one. Then the, it says from 2007, not 1977, um, and it has the same picture of the of the uh, uh, penguin, and it says the global warming survival guide. Right, 51 things you can do to make a difference. It still has a um, penguin. I, it still has the same penguin. But it doesn't um, who, have the fat guy from The Sopranos on it anymore. It doesn't. No, no. You know, I would point out that the, the meme that they're citing uh, up above is from ExtraordinaryIntelligence.com. <laughs> and there's clearly an irony there uh, yeah. that I don't need to point out. You know, the internet is, is really awesome for finding information. I mean, it really is a truly amazing thing. The problem is, is that that information is not vetted, right? So somebody can produce something that fits their ideas and just shoot it out there into the, into the world. So you could just shit that thing out there and be like, I mean, they, they clearly Photoshopped this thing. They took off. If you look, since it's from a year later, it's from when that guy died, the fat guy from The Sopranos died, and then somebody right. else had yeah. cancer. And then they, they pulled those things off the top and switched it with another popular TV show, um, MASH, and then they had Living With Cancer with a different person's name. You know, essentially, they've, they've, they've had to go out of their way to Photoshop this. And 
they're utilizing sort of this misinformation to get their point across. And I ran into this this week. I had the dumbest conversation I've ever had on Twitter before. And to be honest, I don't, I hate arguing on Twitter and I really hate it when somebody includes you and they're like trying to argue with you and there's like 20 people added into the conversation. You have like seven characters to argue with. I, I fucking even hate that too. I, I don't even understand how that works. I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> somebody asked us about Buddhism recently and I'm just like, I can't answer you in fucking 82 characters. It's impossible for me to answer you in 82 characters. Not going to happen. But this person, I posted about Cosmos and this person jumped at me and said, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit when Al Gore starts you know, using energy like, you know, he, he thinks that there's going to be global warming, I'll start listening. And so I sent the person an article. I was like, well, you know, he fucking totally redid his house in 2007. I don't know if you saw this, you know, so clearly you should start doing this. And then we got in this back and forth argument. At one point, this person's like, well, volcanoes cause more carbon emissions than humans do. And I sent back two articles to the person. I was like, no, they don't. They clearly don't. And here's two articles that cite that. <laughs> but the problem is, is that that sort of misinformation is what is spread when there's people who are denialists, right? There's this sort of misinformation that just gets spread out throughout the entire web. And there's so many different places that they can find that information that meets their criteria as being, this is valid. Then they're willing to share that with other people. I I choose to find reputable sites, but, you know, memes are really powerful. They, people see these things and they share them and they get this viral um, quality to them and they can be shared all over and the disinformation can just pour out. I'm glad that Time actually said something about this. You know, I mean, the Internet is, is a confirmation bias wet dream. It is. I mean, that, that's really what it, it is. is because you, you can you can find places to live on the Internet and think that you're bouncing around and never find any ideas that contradict. Right. You know what, what your what your beliefs are, what your what your conclusions that you've drawn to are. What's interesting about this. Um, I mean, that's that's the strength and weakness of the Internet as a as a democratizing uh, information uh, source. But, you know, the interesting thing about this is it wouldn't make a fucking bit of difference if it was true. That's the first thing. It's like, I know, well, I know. in 1977, they said it was going to be an ice age. Like, yeah, well, now they're not saying that. Yeah. Like, that's not the thing they're saying anymore. And we need to listen to them because I'm not a fucking client, climate scientist. I'm a dude with an English lit degree that works in real estate. So when there is an international consensus about a scientific issue, which I have no ability to engage. Like, I, I can engage science on the most fucking rudimentary, fucking glossed over surface right. level right. possible. Me too. Me too. I can watch documentaries on TV. I can read news articles. I can read the shit that other people boil down for me. That's it. I'm not a scientist. I, I lack the vocabulary, the training, the education. I lack most of the major tools necessary to actually do a sciencing. I don't do the science. I rely on other people to do the science to boil that shit down for me and then distill it in a, in a format that's accessible. It wouldn't make any fucking difference if it was 1977 and they were saying there's an ice age. That's how science works. It corrects. If it was wrong about something, you know, 40 fucking years ago, it's allowed to be right about the same thing now. If it wasn't, I mean, it wouldn't be any fucking good. It would be dogmatic. And then, you know, I mean, you watch this fucking last week's Cosmos, and they're talking like people in the 1800s thought this shit was a fucking going to happen. They like wrote like this last week's Cosmos. They had people from, you know, last, not last century, but the century before saying, hey, this is this is something that we need to pay attention to. We could really fuck some shit up, but nobody paid attention to them. And, and yeah, clearly, clearly, I think that uh, that. 
you're right about the confirmation bias thing. And I think it's really easy to fall into your own idiot circle. You know, one of the things that was going on in this argument that I was having on Twitter was this person was talking about fucking uh, how Al Gore wasn't a, a conservationist. He doesn't he doesn't appear to be an environmentalist because of his actions and how he's spending lots of he's gas guzzling and he's selling his billion dollar corporation for to Al Jazeera, which is oil backed and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, who cares about Al Gore? Like, right. well, suddenly you've got to, like, put this guy on a pedestal and be like, well, if he's not doing it, then environmentalism, uh, envi- being, you know, kind to the environment must be wrong. You're like, well, it, he has nothing to do with it. Like, he, yep. he made a movie and he's an activist. Okay, cool. If his actions don't match, match his words, it still doesn't disprove the science. No, man. That's, that's what that is, is that's, that's trying to conflate the cult of personality that gets built up around an individual who becomes associated with a movement. Right. And then you attack that, that either the cult of personality or the personality themselves. It's just a lame ass form of ad hominem. That's all that that yep. is. It's, yep. We're not going to address the science. We're not going to address the claims. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to try to discredit the person. They do the same thing with Darwin, as if as if Darwin is you know if, if we can say that you know Darwin was a fucking shithead or a philanderer or something, which I mean it clearly wasn't. But even if you could say that, as if it would have any relevance on whether or not the theory of evolution were true. Um, it wouldn't have any difference. The guy could have fucking come up with the theory of evolution and fucking murdered a hundred babies the next day. Yeah. It could have fucking, he could have been like, they could have fucking written out Origin of the Species and then fucking eaten kitten soup every day for breakfast. He wrote it out in the blood <laughs> of the innocents. Yeah. <laughs> and it wouldn't make a fucking lick of difference about whether or not Origin of the Species is true. Right. Like, it, would, it does. that's not how science works. I also don't understand, just as an aside to all you people who are on Twitter, I seriously don't understand how you guys argue on there. I keep on wondering, like, the one thing I always... I always refer back to is that scene in Fight Club when Marla and the narrator are talking. He's like, what do you get out of all this? Like, that's the first thing I think I want to ask all those people. It's like, <laughs> what do you get out of all this? Like, because there's really nothing to gain. I clearly didn't change this person's point of view. I refuted everything they said, and I did not change their point of view. They clearly still have the exact same viewpoint they had before. Nothing changed. All we did was argue in 142 characters back and forth. It really is a lousy medium for that kind of I think it's terrible. For for, I'm curious what people get out of it. So if you have something, if you are one of those people on Twitter that fights people all the time, tell us how you do it and what you get out of it. And, tw- and tweet it at us. Tweet it at us. <laughs> you know what it reminds me? It reminds me of, of, of just lobbing artillery shells at each it other. It really feels like that. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's like it's, it's not really well targeted. It's not really well aimed. You'd be lucky if one of them scores a direct hit. And you're just kind of shouting into the void, like, yeah. "I hate your mom." And not not to say, and it's and it's not to say that arguing in any other medium on the internet is any better. I'm not saying that arguing on Facebook is better just because you get more characters. That's not true because I don't think I'm changing anybody's mind on Facebook either. So, see, so this story comes from the raw story. It's so weird. Gospel music drives North Carolina woman to axe stepfather. In the head. Jesus. A North Carolina woman was charged with assault with a deadly weapon over the weekend after gospel music drove her to hit her stepfather in the head with right. an axe. I want uh-huh. to point out before we start that he's okay. <laughs> that he was. This is the part that blows my mind is that she hit her stepfather in the head and the hand with an axe before he was able to stop the attack and he was treated and released 
with a head injury and stitches. And I, I cannot help but think, like, you don't know how axes work. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it, you know, in her defense, I also have to say that, you know, if you're a huge fan of gospel music, there isn't a lot up there to damage. <laughs> it's like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> it's just, you whack it, and you're just like, nope, miss the brain again. <laughs> you know, you, you, you can blame her in the sense that this is no way to solve problems. Right, yeah. But Clearly, you can't blame her for identifying a problem. No, understand. <laughs> no, I, I certainly, you know, I think she should be fully prosecuted, but I understand what she did <laughs> completely. Right. You know, and, and truth be told, like, this is a woman you don't have to worry about in prison. Like, if you can hand her an axe and she still can't kill somebody, yeah. oh, who yeah. cares what you smuggle into her? Sure, yeah. Like, you could smuggle in a fucking dagger, <laughs> like a broadsword, into the a prison and she caliber rifle or something. <laughs> <laughs> You could smuggle into a cake, a fizzing, <laughs> loaded thing with like TNT, with like the comical, <laughs> like, like an old thing, timey like, bomb, like a right? big round bomb. It's like still sizzling. It's like a Mario still- Kart bomb. <laughs> 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 so yeah, you could smuggle in anything. You could smuggle in a small nuclear warhead, <laughs> and she would fail to set it off. And in related news, a nuclear weapon went off in the women's correctional facility, and whatever butt fuck hole in the ground this woman's going to be <laughs> housed in. Seventeen people were treated with head injuries and minor lacerations yeah, and sent home. No one is dead. Yeah, right. Everyone's fine. <laughs> I'm Raymond Massey, and I have a special message for senior citizens. Today's doctors, drugs, and medical devices truly work medical miracles for young and old alike. But there are some as phony as a $3 bill. Investigate before you invest in health services or products. Help stamp out quackery. So this next story comes from Policy, Mike. PETA is pushing a startling campaign filled with bad science. Um, Wow, I just got a thing. Do you agree that our generation needs a voice? I agree our generation needs less fucking pop-ups. That's what I agree with. You You know, I only agree if our voice can be expressed through pop-ups. That's the only way way I agree. 140 character pop-ups. So PETA's got a new campaign, Cecil, um, and it's probably one of the least tasteful possible campaigns um it's a picture of a fucking sad face in a bowl of milk made out of cheerios it says got autism oh jesus it's so (laughs) fucking that's like the it's wow yeah and 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 the reason why they did this and it says to underscore this argument PETA included i'm reading directly from this policy mic article To underscore this argument, PETA included a grand total of one testimonial and two studies, one of which admits that there were inconclusive and and the other, which says that one could hypothesize a relationship between a food allergy and infantile autism. The second one was from 20 years ago because there aren't more recent studies that make this claim. Uh, So clearly they're using fear-mongering to get their point across, which is what they do most of the time. I kind of think that PETA um, misses the mark on a lot of the things that they do. Um, They try scare tactics and um, sort of visceral reactions on everything that they put out, even though sometimes the messages are pretty good. First of all, this is is a junk message. Right, it's it's total junk. It's incredibly tasteless, right? It doesn't mean anything. Like, if I had a child with autism, I would be... 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not even a parent of somebody with autism, but I find this, I find this to be tasteless and offensive. You know, this is fear mongering on people's pain. That's all that this is. Like, this is a group of people who clearly do not give a shit about the feelings of other people. Right. They clearly just want to um, find the misfortune of others and use that fear as a tactic to put forth their agenda. Um, And the thing that I find frustrating, we're talking about this a little bit before the show, is I'm generally sympathetic to many things PETA, but I fucking hate PETA. They make me crazy. Like I can be I can I can have a very reasonable conversation about, you know, the benefits of a vegetarian lifestyle, for example. And and there are many very, very good arguments and very few, I would say, good arguments toward eating meat. Many very good arguments toward um, vegetarianism or, you know, reducing meat consumption like they can they can have these conversations in ways that get their message across without being a bag of assholes. But every time I see Pete, I'm just like, oh, my God, they're going to fucking just be incendiary for no reason. They're just like the they're, they're seriously the biggest fucking dumbest bag of assholes that I've ever seen. No, I, I can't imagine a group I would want to support less. Every I, time I, I see him, I like want to eat a horse or something. I want to punch a horse and then bite its <laughs> neck until it dies. We, Lord, we just ask to, to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts. So Cecil, this story comes from just about everywhere, but we're going to go with the friendly atheists. Mass grave in Ireland holds the remains of 800, I can't even believe that number, out of wedlock children who died in the care of Catholic nuns years after a Galway area Catholic home for unmarried Irish mothers, because that needs to have been a thing, closed its doors. Um, two boys in the grounds made a gruesome discovery. Um, and what they discovered was a fucking septic tank filled to the brim with bones. Uh, bones, it should be noted, of 800 uh, children born out of wedlock thrown in a fucking septic tank. Yeah, it's a mass grave, they said. And when you got a, you know, when you have 800 babies that you're pushing in a mass grave, you have a tiny little bulldozer that you use. It's a very <laughs> small little, it's almost like, it's like a Tonka truck, you know, like you just use the Tonka truck to push those in and then cover it up at the top. Well, you know, it's a little, it's a little known fact that the nuns are actually the ones who came up with all those dead baby jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When I heard that they were in, in septic tanks, um, you know, I, I wondered about that because, you know, most of the time there's there's rules on what you can flush. You know, it's got to be oh, a composable. Shit. The baby's dying is not the most horrible part of this story. You would think, you know, you'd be like, 800 babies died. Well, that's pretty fucking horrible. The thing is, is that it's how they died, right? Yeah. It's not just that they died. It's that they were maltreated. They were just not treated well. They're talking about, like, how these babies here. I'm going to read it. This This is from... The article here, this is from this Patheos article, uh, Friendly Atheist, it says, Many who were warehoused at the home near Galloway died because of lack of nutrition and medical care. A local board inspection report from 1944 recorded 271 children and 61 single mothers and residents, a total of 333 in a building that had capacity for 243. The report described the children as emaciated, pot-bellied, fragile, with flesh hanging loosely on limbs. The report noted that 31 of the 30, 31 children in the sunroom balcony were poor, emaciated, and not thriving. The effects of the long-term neglect and malnutrition were observed rep- repeatedly. So clearly, fucking, you know, these are. This is not just, you know, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know of a good way for a baby to die, right? I can't, I can't, right. even, but, but, but part of me thinks, part of me thinks quick is better than long, right? So like if the baby was, let's say shook until it died, let's say they had a problem with, with abuse there, right? Let's say the baby was shook until it died and it died within a couple of days. That I think may be more merciful than a baby that is dying because it's malnourished. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not fucking horrible. That's a fucking insane thing to think. You know, in the same article, they talk about, you know, that the the mortality rate, um, the child death rate at the home may have been as high as 50 percent. 50 percent. Jesus um, Christ. I don't the, think Liberia has that rate. I mean, seriously, can you imagine getting sent to a place where it's like, yeah, they're going to take care of you. And by take care of you, what we really mean is. Uh, you'll be uh, kept in squalid conditions, underfed, and there's literally a coin flip about whether or not you come out the other side of this. This story is so fucking sad. And, you know, this is not one of those cases where, you know, the nuns were struggling to do their best with, you know, a limited amount of resources and they couldn't make ends meet. And so, you know, this wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, I just kept taking in cats until I got overwhelmed. Um, this is a story where this appears to have been, if not purposeful, at the very least, very pre- preventable. Because the, the the nuns at the time were getting the state funds for every head that they took in. And the amount of the state funds that they were getting for every head that they took in was more than the prevailing industrial wage at the time. Which means that they had enough money to do better than this. And yeah. I'll tell you oh, what, yeah. it doesn't take much money to do better than this kind of horror and neglect. And, you know, part of, I mean, not part, I mean, the, the, real, the real issue at stake here is that <clears throat> this could, could only have happened if there is an institutionalized level of trust yep. placed in an yep. organization like a church which says, <clears throat> whoa, these immoral vagabonds and loose women, never mind the, the men who impregnated the women, But these immoral vagabonds and their loose women mothers need to get housed somewhere to be hidden away from the rest of society. And what better place than in the unregulated, unmonitored, charitable organization of these various churches? And you see these abuses are fucking rife when there's no oversight. Yeah, and it's it's because the church uh, has—they have this reputation— of being a charitable organization. They have this reputation that they carry with them that says, if you let us do this, we will do a good job of it because we care for other people because that's what God wants us to do or whatever. The problem is, is that God's not taking care of the kids. People are, you know what I mean? Like you can talk about how great God is all day, but it's humans who are doing the work. And so you know, you can, you, I feel like, you know, you're absolutely hundred percent right. Not only were they trying to stuff these people away, but they also walked in with a reputation they shouldn't have had. And they wound up uh, killing lots and lots and lots of children. So we're going to take a short break and uh, give you some information on how to contact the show and how to donate. And we'll be back right after this. Want to contact the guys? Go to dissonancepod.com to get links to their Google plus Facebook and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E 
com forward slash dissonance pod or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. So this story is also fucking awesome and it's also from the friendly atheist, although it's awesome in a way that 800 dead babies is not way more awesome. Christian Ministry quotes Adolf Hitler on Billboard, not realizing that's a bad idea. The fucking very best part of this, the very best part of this, Cecil, is really that, the only thing that you can talk about in this, right? No, th- so there's there's two parts. Of this. So I'm going to read the Billboard real quick, and then I'm and then I'm going to point out two things. So the Billboard says he alone he alone who owns the youth own, uh, gains the future. That's the first quote. The second quote. Um, Incidentally, in much smaller font, train up a child in the ways he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from them, from it. One of those quotes is from Adolf Hitler. Right. And is cited as such. (laughs) Cited. I love that it's cited. Like, it wouldn't even be funny. It wouldn't even be amusing if it wasn't cited Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. The best part about it, Tom, is that it's written in, like, comic font. Like, it's like his Adolf is like wacky comic font. It's like, hey, Adolf (laughs) Hitler did this. That's the best part of it. Adolf Hitler loves Comic Sans. (laughs) He really Um, does. it's, It's the bigger of the two quotes. Yeah. Like, he, like, it got more real estate on the fucking sign, and the attribution is in bold red letters. The trade-up a child is also really despicable. It is. Oh, for sure it is. But it's like, you didn't think? Like, nobody told you in the process. Not even the sign guy. That's what I keep thinking <laughs> back to. Because my like- dad was a sign guy. And if my, somebody came into my dad's store, it's like, I'm going to get a fucking... Adolf Hitler sign. My dad would look at him and be like, why do you want an Adolf Hitler sign? Like, really? You're going to yeah. put this on, like, I-55? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, people in the driving past the Stevenson are going to notice the fucking Adolf Hitler sign? Right. Nobody, <laughs> nobody stopped to say, really? And give him the old one eyebrow raise and <laughs> kind of ask him if they thought this was a good plan? You would think that, that somebody, but part of me wonders if the person is just dim and just doesn't know who Adolf Hitler is, but I can't, like, I can't imagine it's so steeped in culture that there's no way you could be a person who could actually write this sign and have missed who Adolf Hitler is. How do you miss who Hitler is? Like, I mean, I don't care who you are. It's Hitler. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And you know, they, they do say, they said, uh, we're pulling the billboard, billboard, oh, billboard, well, that's good. billboard. And certainly never intended to cause confusion. Herbert Hoover would have been a far better one to quote when he said, Children are our most valuable resource, founder James Anderegg told the Ledger Inquirer. We are a children's organization. Had honorable intentions and nothing else. It's like, well, yeah, actually, literally anyone else who's ever spoken would have been a better person to quote. (laughs) Adolf Hitler. Like, you could have quoted, like, Goebbels or whatever. It would have been better than Pol Pot would be better. Himmler. Right. You you went right to the top of Earth's perennial shit all day. Like, Stalin, Genghis Khan. Yeah. (laughs) No problems. 
that guy on the other side of the glory hole. It's Jesus. This story also comes from the raw story. Homeschooling expert. This lady's face is the best. <laughs> Let me get through the title, then we'll make fun no, of her. This lady's crazy face. Eyes. Look at her. She's like. <laughs> She's like trying to push her own brain out through her eye holes. It's the best. She looks. She looks like she just sat on something that has been forcibly <laughs> inserted into her anus. She is absolutely shocked by it. Uh, I mean, she like, uh, she, <laughs> she's so rosy cheeked. She is. She really looks very surprised. Homeschooling expert. Sex ed is a liberal <laughs> plot. Make kids watch guinea pigs do it instead. What? Um, so I want to point out that there is evidently such a thing called a homeschooling expert. <laughs> I, you know how they get that is they just stay home a lot. Yeah, well, then, what, what qualifies you? Like, do you have a degree in homeschoolology? <laughs> like, where do you, where get, do you that get that degree? Your... At home. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the... No, that's ridiculous. I fucking traveled to the University of the Garage. <laughs> I got my associates from the breezeway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, this, so this person is evidently being billed as a homeschooling expert by a bunch of tea party nuts. Um, and she warned that uh, sex ed courses were a plot to increase the number of Democrats this is um, awesome. by destroying marriage. You've got to so, read what she says there, though. She says, <laughs> people say to me, why would they teach such awful things to our children? No one, no one says that. If you go deep down and you connect those dots, you see that when children are desensitized to sexual things, that affects their ability at a later date to bond with a spouse. And so if you have somebody who can't bond, they're not going to have a stable marriage. And when you have unstable, broken households, how do they vote? Democrat. So this is a very (laughs) evil underlying intent. Okay. Cool story, bro. That's awesome. I, I I love later on in the article when she talks about how she learned how to have sex was she watched, she's like, teeners shouldn't be looking at sex on the internet. They should be watching animals do it in the street. Actually, saw- that's how I taught my children. We started with the boy guinea pig and we had a girl guinea pig that clearly liked each other. You really can't see anything because they're big, furry little fur balls. I mean... That's why there isn't any guinea pig porn movies. And she's got a point. Although, I, to be honest, I bet you there is a guinea pig porn movie. <laughs> Look, if you can think of it, there is a porn movie for it. First of all, there are furries out there. Yes. Who are absolutely guinea pig porn movie makers. There's, that's a fucking dead-ass certainty. Seven billion people on the planet? Somebody's making guinea pig porn. I don't right, care. Right, right, yeah. There's somebody out there who is making guinea pig porn. And if they're not doing it, they're fucking doing it right now because this yeah. crazy lady <laughs> exactly. suggested Like, ah, I'd watch that. They're getting the idea from this show right now. They're like, right. yeah, huh? And I love her comment that, like, they should learn it the way I did by watching animals do it on the street. I have never seen animals fuck on my street. Like, never once have I, like, looked out the window and been like, there's a couple of mountain lions fucking each other on the street. What's going on? 
Mother fucking, where do yeah. you live? Are they just fucking fucking rabid dogs roaming the streets of wherever you fucking live? And then and then you know for her first time on her wedding night or whatever, she just like turns around and puts her hands up like little paws, and she's like, "Do it guinea pig style, <laughs> guinea pig style. Take me like a guinea pig." <laughs> she's probably really shocked when her husband went, you know, a minute and a half. She's like, "Well, the guinea pigs are done in like thirty seconds. Right. What are you doing?" Fuck. Well, when she gave birth, she was expecting a litter. That's yeah. the other. That's the other confusion. It's like, one, she, and she was waiting for more teats to pop out on her stomach. You know, well, I, I thought that the that the point of the church was to worship God, and the boy fucking was just incidental. No, it's just the other way around. The point of the church is the boy fucking. All the other stuff is just busy work. This story comes from the raw story as well. This is fucking weird. So weird. Um, and I quoted when I tweeted this, I quoted because there's simply nothing more absurd than the than the actual quote here. Uh, New Jersey diocese. We're not liable because molesting boys is not part of a priest's official duties. <laughs> Must be on the unofficial list. Um, and this was the tweet quote, right? No, so, no, Tom, 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 this is other duties as assigned. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is actually what um, the attorney argued. So how could you determine, Cecil, when a priest is on duty and when he's not on duty? You can determine a priest is not on duty when he is molesting a child, for example. <laughs> does he have to? Does he have to click clock out for that? Yeah, this is kind of. I was gonna say. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's one way to punch out. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's inserting uh, something in a slot, so gotta pull out the old time card, you know. Yeah. Um, so evidently, that's that's it. So no matter what you're doing, like if you are, for example, in this case, um, on a uh, youth group retreat, and as part of a church-sponsored youth group trip, you are diddling a child. You're not acting as a priest when you're doing that, despite the fact that you're on a church-sponsored youth group trip, and you're clearly representing the church. Right. Because boy fucking is not allowed. You evidently fucking, like, just, you punched out moments beforehand. Like, and that's, that's the fucking legal defense. So I guess, Cecil, you can't do anything illegal when you're on any job. So, like, if I go to work tomorrow, and when I go to work, I shoot the place up, I wasn't on the clock, so the company doesn't have to pay me for that time. <laughs> Which is good to know. Time. Yeah, so when they finally finally write you your last check, yeah, because it's they illegal don't have to if they don't pay that. me for that yeah, time. Right, you know? right, yeah. yeah. I, you know, there's some professions I think that you're just always on duty. You know, like police officers, always on duty. Right. Priests, I think you're kind of always on duty. No matter what, you're kind of always on duty. Because people are going to come to you no matter what time or day or whatever and be like, I have spiritual issues I need to talk to you about. I mean, don't you, shouldn't you always be open to that? What do you just like be like, sorry, too busy fucking this kid to talk to you about. You're saying I'm just very, very busy. I'm up to my balls and children. I don't know if you see, but. Didn't you notice I punched out when I fucking dropped my nutsack on his chin? Isn't that, that's, so that's how you punch out as a priest. You know, that's how you do it. Look, oh. priest is a definition. Like, it's not, I don't think it's, it's not like a, like, you're not a priest for 40 hours a week and then a lay person the rest of the time, right? Right, I mean, because I if he could punch out of being a priest, then he can punch out of being celibate, right? Right. 
That's what I mean. It's like it's not a job. Look, if that's the case, then I'm celibate too. I'm just celibate when I'm at work. Yeah. Right? And then when I leave work and I come home and have sex, then that's not on the – I mean, yeah, that's fucking – that's some stupid shit. Priest is a definitional calling. It's not a job. Like it's not like he wakes up and is like – he might have responsibilities and he might have defined hours where he has to meet certain responsibilities. But let's not pretend that at some point he's not – like he didn't – it's not like he's like – on vacation from he didn't take his fucking two week vacation from being a priest and gets to go on like a fucking sex tour of Thailand. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness monster, and the theory of Atlantis? Uh, if there's a steady paycheck in it. I'll believe anything you say. So this story comes from the independent.co.uk. Gwyneth Paltrow thinks negative words and sounds can hurt water's feelings. Um, on Gwyneth Paltrow's blog, Goop. It's really the name of her fucking blog. Is it really? Goop. Just what Goop. Is, what does it stand for? Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth. Ooh. Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, she's been suckered into that fucking bullshit by that uh, 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 Emoto guy um, who had probably invented the emoticon, incidentally. Um, <laughs> he totally did. He put like a fucking equal sign with a fucking parentheses and everybody's like, you're a genius. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that Japanese scientist, Masuro Emoto, um, so he's, he's that guy. Who, what was that stupid ass fucking movie we saw, Cecil? That's the fucking um, what the fuck do you know or whatever. What the bleep do we know or something like that, right? And it's like it's that nonsense where evidently, like, if you yell at a glass of water, you make the water feel sad. <laughs> yeah. awesome. Look, I mean, the water in my shower must be miserable because it sees me naked. Yeah, like, no the water kidding. in my shower. Like, how long does does water's memory last? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> so the water the water comes comes for like how does how would that even possibly work? Like somehow because I have water, did it lose its memory? Of all previous experiences when it goes into a glass and is now in front of me. And then I fucking say nice things to it and it feels happy. And then and then what? I drink it and it fucking comes out my dick? How does it feel then? <laughs> used. <laughs> it feels abused and used. Disappointed I, like most I, things in that area. Yeah. You know, I, like... Yeah, How would anything, that work? Anything below the waist feels super disappointed. <laughs> Hell, anything above the waist feels super disappointed, too. Let's <laughs> not kid around. Anything um, not blind pretty much is disappointed. That, I, I want to say, like, Carrie Poppy did something about this a while back. She had something on her blog or something that had set up where she tried to do the yelling at shit for, like, a week or whatever. It's like, I would feel so stupid to be involved in an assignment. We're just like, fuck you, water. You're fucking stupid. I fucking hate you, and you're dumb. You know, and it's funny, too, because it's like, well, wait a minute. We're, like, 75% water or something like that. Like, if you just yelled at somebody, they'd be like, oh, fuck. It would be crippling. I know that's the other thing too is like like how do you use this in your daily life? First of all, it, it's 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 never been proven to be true. The science is obviously the science obviously is fucking obviously bullshit. Bunk. Yeah, but but is this even remotely valuable? We know 
that there are physiological effects to emotional stimuli, right? Like we don't we don't need to we don't need to fucking make a glass of water feel bad about itself, right? In order to do this, like if I if I fucking walk upstairs right now and start fucking yelling and screaming at my seven year old, you know he's gonna he's gonna have a physiological response to that stimuli. He's gonna get upset. He's gonna have a fucking big adrenal dump. He's gonna get like all fucking worked up. He's, his face is gonna flush. He's gonna start crying. Like there are we know there's fucking negative physical effects of emotional stimulus. We don't need to. You don't need to make rice go bad in right. a jar because you labeled it a poo-poo hat or something, you know? <laughs> Dummy face. <laughs> like, I hope that when you yell at it, you have to yell at it like a preschooler would insult another preschooler. You know what's funny? This is a side that means nothing, but like Finn, my, my little boy, is he's like, he's like a real sensitive kid. and he, We don't swear around him really at all. And we don't, we don't name call in our house. And he doesn't have any older brothers or sisters that name call. So the other day he was he was playing with some other kids and he came up to me after he was done playing and he's like, Dad, I gotta tell you something. What's up, buddy? That kid, he said a bad word. What did he say? And he looked all sheepish and he kind of did the back and forth to make sure nobody uh-huh. goes. He said, idiot. <laughs> I was like, That's it. I thought he was gonna be like, he said fuck knuckles or something. <laughs> He, he said, said but he like rag. Right? Like, that's like the worst. I'm expecting like the absolute, yeah. absolute worst. But he's such a fucking tender hearted little kid. He was like, he was scandalized yeah. at the word idiot. When I was like, his age, I said cocksucker and got so poured down my <laughs> mouth for it. I called my dad a dildo once. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I called my dad. I had no idea what it was or what it meant. Some bigger kid called me a dildo, and I called my dad a dildo. <laughs> that probably didn't work out so well. It did not. You know how many subsequent times I've called my dad a dildo? <laughs> Zero well, subsequent well, times. Let me tell you, when I was a kid, we are driving in the car. And my mom's driving, and I hear her say cocksucker. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm like, Mom, what is, what is a cocksucker? She's like, don't say that. <laughs> I love to say that. <laughs> and so we get home, and it's like a day later, and the little girl next door pulls my hair. You know, she pulls my hair, and I'm like, you cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom kicks the door open from the inside. <laughs> she marches outside, and she grabs me by the hair, and she drags my dumb ass back inside, and she drags drags me. I'm screaming and crying. Every kid, too, when I said cocksucker, every kid just quieted down like, what? And like, and then you could just hear like my mom like, boom, boom, boom. She's coming like King Kong. She grabs me, drags me inside, and she fucking, she picks me up, and she like, uses my hair to like flip my head open <laughs> and she like grabs, a flip top head like she, a she grabs a fucking lux liquid detergent and she sprayed that shit all up in my mouth it was so awful i'm like laying in bed later that day and i'm just like blowing bubbles i'm like crying i'm <laughs> blowing disgusting, bubbles man. oh god it's awful it was awful i i never said cocksucker around my mom until i was like 18 after that so <laughs> I don't know which is worse, the bar soap or the liquid soap. The liquid soap was pretty horrible. That stuff was really terrible. It was really, truly disgusting. Oh, man. Um, I had to hold a bar of soap in my mouth for like 10 minutes one see, time. See, that's just, bad. Yeah. Oh, it's so... Because it like kind of burns. It's like... Yeah. Because you're not supposed it's to lie. fucking yeah. eat it. <laughs> it's not... 
Soap is not made of things that are good for your mouth, you know? And I'll tell you this much, Cecil. 36 years on, it didn't fucking work. <laughs> and I can only eat like seven or eight bars of soap at one sitting. And then you're just full. <laughs> like, then I'm just, I'm just sick of it, so. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! So, Cecil, this last story comes from The Telegraph. Um, Indian court asked to rule on whether Hindu guru is dead or just meditating. <laughs> He's still good. He's still I good. I don't know. Um, so basically, <laughs> this guy is in a freezer. <laughs> they put the dude in a freezer. <laughs> and like, don't worry. We're going to save him for later. <laughs> <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if they wrapped him with like press and seal or something. He's, like, so he he's, like a, he's a meditating Charleston Chew in there. Is that going to get a freshness datum? Are they like, <laughs> you come back and you're like, oh, fuck, he's all freezer burnt. <laughs> We need a guru. We need better wrapping. They like vacuum seal him. Oh. Yeah, he'll be fine. Just dust him off. <laughs> gonna, once you thaw him out, he's going to walk that heart attack right off. Hell yeah, he'll be fine. Um, uh. So his holiness, I'm going to pronounce his name for you. His holiness, Sri Ashtash Maraj. <laughs> That's totally it. No. Nailed it. Uh, he's the founder of uh, Divya Jordi Jagrai Shanshan religion. Um, it's a religious order. Right. Uh, it's a property state worth about 10, 100 billion pounds. Uh, 100 million. Is, what's that? 100 million pounds. Sorry. Um, he's like 100 billion US dollars. Right. So. No kidding. Uh, he died in January, and, they, and they're pretty sure that he's dead, but... But his followers, his disciples, have decided that uh, he's not dead. Um, they threw him in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> to save him for later. Well, they, they had to put him in the freezer because they signed him up for a 5K. They're like, we signed up for this 5K. There's no way you're missing it. He's fucking Thanksgiving leftovers. <laughs> he totally is. It's like. Oh my god. Uh, oh god, so so he's dead. <laughs> he's fucking dead. The, yeah, because he has to survive living in a freezer. If yeah, he wasn't dead before they put him in the freezer, he's clearly he's dead now. Dead. Zero out of ten lifeologists <laughs> recommend. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Spending months at a time in a deep freezer. You know, actually, as it turns out, about an hour in a deep freeze is, is for shit you don't for need you. A lot. You don't need a lot of time. The moment you're solid, you're kind of gone, I think. I don't think you got any chance. So so the, the followers have said um, that his holiness has been in a deep meditative state. Um, since his death, uh, it's been a deep meditation. He has spent many years meditating in sub-zero temperatures in the Himalayas. There is nothing unusual in it. He will return to life as soon as he feels, and we will ensure his body is preserved until then. And to that degree, I would agree. Once he can feel again, he will return to life. The problem is his body is fucking numb from being dead. <laughs> 
what's crazy is you live in a country where this is even a debate. I know. <laughs> Like, I'd like to hear from the opening statements from the people who say he's not uh... <laughs> So we want to thank our patrons this week. Uh, Chris, Rich, Lars, Matthew, Z, Mike, Maureen, Don, Michael B, Nakia, Vrod, and Sean, thank you guys so much for being uh, patrons to the show. We want to thank everybody who donates to the show. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, we're super happy that we're, we're able to, uh, to get a little bit of money out of doing this. And, uh, and your donation dollars do go a long way to making sure the show is possible. So thank you very much for all your generous donations. So we got an email from Roderick and Aaron, and they said... <laughs> They said that they found this very funny Tetris game review that we should read. So, Tom, did you want to read that? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read just excerpts from this. Um, it's kind of awesome. So what this guy's shtick is, uh, just to give you an idea, is he reviews uh, video games in a Christian gaming zone, and then he gives things um, a certain number of crosses, I guess, like instead of stars. So he gives things a certain number I think number this of is crosses. a post site. So, this looks like a post site. It's, I hope so. Um, either way, it's written whole. It's actually written in a way that that's, uh, well, you'll you get the idea. So um, he says, uh, Tetris is unwinnable. You can only put off your inevitable defeat. This fatalistic aspect of the game should come as no surprise since it was originally created in 1985 in the Soviet Union, where the atheist government taught everyone that there is nothing but a bleak, pointless <laughs> existence followed by death with no chance for salvation. Oh. It is claimed that the word Tetris comes from the game pieces all being made of four blocks, but in reality, the game was named in mockery of the Trinity <laughs> by adding a fourth uh, this is hypostasis, a the communist state, to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Um, it's fucking awesome. It just goes on in that vein. He says, uh, at the end, he says... Um, because of the danger it poses to people's God-given free will, an implementation of Tetris gets zero crosses. Zero crosses. <laughs> I'm going to put a link to this. You guys take a look at this and see. I think it's a Poe site, but uh, I'll put a link to it. Thank you, Roderick and Aaron, for sending it in. You know, it's funny is if you look down here, everything gets zero crosses. I think it's a Poe site, but take a look and see what you think. We got a couple messages about naturopathy this last week, and uh, it, the naturopaths, it says that the naturopaths actually believe in the four humors. This is from Michael. Did you know that? I didn't realize that I they had possibly no believe in the four humors. I mean, we were, we were fucking around. Like, the most ridiculous thing you can believe in now, like, is the humors. That's it. Right. Like you cannot. I mean, you can't. We we can't even laugh about anything more absurd. That is the that's the height. Yeah. Of ridiculous. Right. What else do we even do with that? I mean, at some point, you just you just have to shake your head and just say, "Hey, fucking credit where credit is due." Man, yeah. that's amazing. We did want to make a correction too. In the last episode, we were making fun of the person for saying that a third of all deaths uh, are from bad patient. Like she said something like. Doctors kill a third of all, like the th are the third highest cause of death in the United States or whatever. Um, actually, that might be true, and that's the weird thing is like I didn't realize that that was true, and I wanted to make sure that we covered this again because you know if we said something incorrect, we want to make sure that we we get the right thing out there. And there was a study 
of journal uh, in the Journal of Patient Safety that says the numbers may be much higher than the hundred and eighty thousand dollars, hundred eighty thousand patients. It says it could be between two hundred and ten thousand and four hundred and forty thousand patients a year who go to the hospital for care and suffer some type of preventable harm that could cause their death. I'm going to put a link to this NPR article on our website so you can take a look at it and peruse it. But um, but maybe you know that that clearly has something to to, to say. Now, Tom. Uh, it doesn't change our view on <laughs> naturopathy, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I mean, if, if that if that is the case, um, and, you know, the NPR article appears to be reasonably credible. So um, I found that to be terribly sobering. Um, if that's the case, um, that doesn't mean that the alternative proposition is naturopathy. It means that more work needs to be done to fix that. Like, that's right. what that means. Like, that doesn't mean that uh, Western medicine is shit. It means that the administration of medicine um, is imperfect and needs to be uh, worked on to get that number down. That's what that means. Um, and it's also should be noted that that's it's they're not saying that like, oh, yeah, well, you know, people went in for, um, you know, antibiotics and, you know, they got antibiotics and they died because the and antibiotics died. were right, bad. Right. right. You know, what they're saying is that there was some kind of uh, medical errors. So that could be they went and got antibiotics and they got the wrong dosage or they got a, a you know, the wrong prescription of something. So, you yeah. know, it's, those are it's very, not saying that very the treatment is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's not saying that the treatment of those people is wrong. It's saying right. that the people were there and they were mistreated. That's a right. different argument than totally a, because different. you're making an argument against medicine. You're saying medicine is wrong. No, medicine is okay in many areas. We just need to make sure that the people who are, you know, using and, and, and practicing that medicine are doing it the right way. We got a message from Mike and Mike says, um, He's offering, uh, dropping a line to offer my services in the event that your show would like to have a doctorate level theologian as an expert advisor. Um, and Cecil, you did. You had some questions. That you I do. I had my, my, okay, so my first question as our expert advisor. Uh, how did we do on the Revelation episode? <laughs> so go check that episode out. Listen to us and send us your critique, and we'll delete it. Okay, so yeah. be, be sure I just I hope that we just get an email back that just says nail. And it. you know, and here's another thing: check out Matthew, whatever the hell he said, and see if you can find that quote from earlier on that Hagee guy. Because I clearly I don't know what the hell he's talking about when he's talking about. How there's a whatchamacallit in the fucking weather? Because it doesn't say that in the. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So say tell us about what. The weather. Maybe he's reading a different version of the Bible. So that concludes a uh, another episode. We're gonna. I'm gonna hopefully be on a skit this week for the herd mentality Adam Reeks podcast. It's our hope to have Adam on our show soon. We're also looking to have David Viviano Gamma Atheist. We keep saying he's going to be on. We haven't had an opportunity to meet up with him, but we're hoping to record with them on the following Monday. Uh, but, uh, but we're going to have a few different guests coming up here. So, uh, so we look forward to that and, uh, and we will leave you as always with the skeptics creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead, pan sales pitch, late night info docutainment.
Leo Pisces, Cancer Cures, Detox, Reflex, Foot Massage, Death and Towers, Tarot Cars, Psychic Healing, Crystal Balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, Aliens, Churches, Mosques and Synagogues, Temples, Dragons, Giant Worms, Atlantis, Dolphins, Truthers, Birthers, Witches, Wizards, Vaccine Nuts, Shaman Healers, Evangelists, Conspiracy, Doublespeak, Stigmata, Nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 